Welcome to The Parent Pod, a happy place to find out all about pregnancy and the start of parenthood from the information-packed babycentre.co.uk. Hello, I'm Lucy. And I'm Claire. And we're here with a podcast for every week of your pregnancy, full of really useful takeaway information, candid admissions from our own experiences, having both had two children, and top advice from experts. We won't leave you holding the baby either. This podcast series takes you right up to when your new baby is 12 weeks old. Okay, so it doesn't get much more exciting than week 39. Hopefully you've paused a box set to listen to this podcast or you're on your way in the car to meet a friend. Yes, we hope work is a distant memory and you're practicing your breathing, bouncing on balls and repacking your hospital bag daily. If you're having a planned C-section, then it will probably be this week. Yeah, and today we'll be hearing about the fourth trimester. Yes, I know you thought there were only three. And we're talking ways to relax and, of course, hearing about mum and baby. So, baby, it's almost time to show yourself. But first... What's happening for baby? It's all about watching and waiting as your baby may make his arrival any day. He could be 50 centimetres in length and weigh more than 3.3 kilograms, which is 7.2 pounds for anyone who's interested. About the same as a mini watermelon. Yes, we've reached the dizzy heights of one of the biggest melons there are. If this doesn't make you wince, I don't know what will. But obviously, <laughs> they're not they're not a ball like a watermelon, are they? No. Um, but these are average figures. As soon as your baby is born, your midwife will weigh him and check his head circumference. And your health visitor will check his length a few weeks later. All of your baby's organs are well developed. His skin is becoming thicker and paler as new skin replaces the outer skin cells that are shedding off right now. Yeah, and he's also preparing for that first historic and vital breath because his lungs are producing more surfactant, the substance that keeps his tiny air sacs open. Immediately after birth, your baby may cry or splutter to clear his airways. Oh God, yeah, I remember waiting to hear that cry. Uh... Yeah, those moments of just kind of like, oh, there it is. Yeah. It's one of the best sounds in the world. It may take him a few minutes to establish a regular breathing pattern though yeah and newborns tend to breathe in cycles of fast and slow breaths sometimes pausing for about five or more seconds at a time just to keep you on your toes there oh, it really does yeah immediately after your baby's born your midwife or occasionally a pediatrician will check his general health using the apga scale the apga is designed to assess a newborn's heart rate breathing muscle tone reflexes and color although i can't even remember that happening to be honest straight <laughs> after birth no. i know it did the blur <laughs> having for you oh do you feel like time has flown since the beginning of your pregnancy if so then get ready for a change of pace these final few days will probably feel longer than the last nine months it could feel like an eternity waiting for your baby can't it oh yeah by now you're probably feeling pretty uncomfortable and wishing your baby would hurry up and make an appearance Definitely. If there's no sign by your due date, your midwife will probably offer you a membrane sweep. There's something to look forward to. This is where she sweeps her finger around your cervix, which is the entrance to your womb. The idea is to separate the membranes of the amniotic sac surrounding your baby from your cervix. That releases hormones, which then, in theory, should kickstart your labour. But it doesn't always work, does it? Sadly not. And we should say it's not safe to do a DIY membrane sweep. Did you ever consider that, Lucy? I have to say, as desperate as I was to see my baby, I never considered trying to learn how to do that. No, certainly not. But there are other techniques you can try to gently kickstart labour. There's loads of ideas on the Baby Centre website. We'll put the link in the show notes and we'll be talking more about these in our special Overdue Baby podcast. Oh, and while you're waiting, keep practising your breathing exercises and trying out different positions for labour so you're as ready as possible when those contractions start for real. So let's hear from Emma, the Baby Centre midwife, to explain what labour is like. 
So labour for everybody is a very, very different event. Even if you've had three babies before, this labour will be different. Your labour will be different to your mums, to your sisters, to your friends. Light labour contractions can feel very different to everybody. In the main, they start off feeling like maybe like period pain, low down in your belly or backache or both together. And then as the labour progresses, the contractions will get longer, stronger and more frequent. So there are many different signs that labour may be impending and it's very difficult to know that each or any one of them is a sign that you are definitely in labour. Sometimes mums-to-be think that losing their mucus plug or their water's breaking is a sign that things are going to happen very soon. Generally, it's a sign that things are happening, but not always does it mean that it will be happening very soon, especially with the mucus plug. The mucus plug can be lost up to a week before the baby is born, so by all means take notice of it, maybe mention it to your midwife, but it's not a sign that things are about to happen straight away. Regular strong contractions, those are coming every three to four minutes, each one lasting for 60 to 90 seconds, and having a regular time to them are a sign that your body could be in established labour. You should always call your midwife if you have any concerns or worries about anything. If, however, you think that your labour has started, By all means, contact the local delivery suite or your community midwife if you're having a home birth. The midwife you speak to will then have a chat with you about what is happening and what you're experiencing. And then together, you can make a plan about when you should go into hospital or if she should come and see you at a home birth. So great information there from Emma, the midwife. Too embarrassed to ask. This week's Too Embarrassed to Ask question is, I've heard the term fourth trimester, but I haven't got a clue. I thought there were just three in pregnancy. Ha, yeah, who knew there is a fourth trimester? I don't think anyone was expecting this when they called them trimesters, to be fair, seeing as the tri bit presumably (laughs) means three. But hey, don't worry, this is the best trimester, as this is the time when you have your baby. Yeah, your baby's fourth trimester starts from the moment he's born and lasts until he's three months old. The term is used to describe a period of great change in development in your newborn as he adjusts to his new world outside your womb. So in this section, we're going to talk about how you can make that transition easier. Yeah, this trimester is focused on how much he still needs to develop over these next few months from refining and developing all his senses and controlling his reflexes to learning how to respond to you and your partner. The mental and physical strides your baby takes during his first three months are just as important to his development as those he took in your womb, aren't they, Claire? Yeah. The fourth trimester is also a time for your baby to get used to the variety of noises, lights, smells, sounds and sensations of the outside world. There's so much stimulation for them, isn't there? Yeah. By offering him plenty of love and support in his first three months, you can make this transition easier. Wow, humans are amazing, aren't they? Well, we are a bit biased, aren't we? Yeah, but not afraid to admit our faults. (laughs) Which is what I'm coming on to here, because compared with other animals that can get up and walk straight from birth, human babies are pretty helpless. Hence why the fourth trimester is a thing. Yeah, we're no giraffes, are we? No. At birth, your baby's senses are limited and still developing. He has sight, but his vision is blurred. He can hear, but it's difficult to pick up on individual sounds and voices. And he can feel, but the reassuring and snug comfort of your womb has been replaced by disconcerting open space. 
Yeah, and although your baby's brain is well developed by the time he's born, his neural pathways and nervous system continue to develop after birth. So much of this takes place during the fourth trimester. Your baby's brain's like a sponge, so it's soaking up everything that happens to him. The more the brain's stimulated, the better the connections in his brain or the synapses will become. Yeah, so in the first three months of life, you may notice five amazing things your baby starts to be able to do. So from the top, Lucy, number okay. one. Right, number one, breathing more steadily, so startling less and developing more controlled movements. Yeah, and at number two, settling into more consistent sleep and feeding patterns, hopefully. (laughs) Yeah. Number three, being able to sleep through noise or disturbances. Yeah, and at number four, learning to soothe himself or crying out for your attention to comfort him. And at number five, improving his social skills so he can interact with family and friends objects or music with greater attention and for longer periods of time. Yeah, so by the end of your baby's fourth trimester, you'll have watched a remarkable physical, mental and social transformation in him. So what's in store in the fourth trimester? Let's have a rundown. Okay, first up, crying. Yeah, your baby's likely to cry more during this fourth trimester than at any other time in his life. Or apart from possibly when he has his own baby. That's a joke. Yeah, okay, yeah. Not the time to joke about these things, Lucy. Sorry. Okay, so moving on swiftly, knowing this is completely normal can help you to cope with the inevitable worry and anxiety that a crying baby brings. Crying tends to peak at around five weeks to six weeks and usually eases off by the time your baby reaches three months old. Yeah, and your newborn is too young to have a fixed routine and and probably won't be ready for one until he's around three months old. Until then, it's fine to feed or soothe your baby as soon as he cries. Contrary to what you may have heard from older relatives, this won't spoil your baby. In fact, it will help him to feel more secure, so he may even cry less. Yeah, so cuddle them. Cuddle those newborns. Yes. Um, I will add that a crying baby may test you at times. It's kind of designed to, isn't it? It's yeah. designed to really get to you because your instincts are strong and your milk's going to kick in at the sound of his cry and you're going to try anything to make him stop. I think it's normal to sometimes just feel really tired by all the crying that they do. Definitely. Okay, so next up, sleeping. The subject that will fill your thoughts, arguments, but not enough of your time in the coming weeks. <laughs> Very true. Your newborn's going to sleep a lot, especially in the early weeks. Sleeping's good for him as it helps his brain to process all that wonderful sensory stimulation he's receiving from you and your partner while he's awake. However, you guessed it, it may take a little while for your baby to settle into a sleeping routine. Coming from the constant environment of your womb, your baby has no concept of day or night yet. It may take weeks for him to adjust his sleeping patterns, I'm afraid, to sleeping more hours at night. So for now, let your newborn sleep whenever he likes, around the clock. Yeah, they will start to sleep more at night. But for now, the age-old advice of sleep when your baby sleeps might be useful. Obviously, you won't sleep every time your baby sleeps, but trying to get a nap in the day can help, can't it? Yes, it can. So sleeping might be the main topic. But next up is feeding and getting that breastfeeding sorted will be high up on your to-do list if that's something you're keen to do. As a newborn, your baby has a small stomach, so needs feeding little and often with at least eight feeds every 24 hours, which I remember a friend saying to me they had absolutely no clue of when they'd had a baby, how often they had to feed. Yeah, it's quite a shock, isn't it? Eight, it is. eight is a lot, isn't it? As you get to know your baby, you'll begin to understand like the little cues and signals that he makes that will tell you that he's hungry it's easy to assume that crying is the first sign he's hungry but it can actually be the last so early signs to look out for include sucking on his fingers turning his head and opening his mouth yeah i remember i had a bit of a bad day with my newborn we'd driven to this little town a little way away and i i think i fed him in the car when i got there which was always a bit of a faff and then we went in to have a look around the shops and this older man was looking at him and he was quite grisly and he was eating his hand and the old man was like oh, looks like you've got a hungry baby there. And I smiled and I thought, no, I only fed him less than an hour ago. 
But sure enough, like a ton of screaming later, I tried feeding him again and he was really hungry. <laughs> and I could just remember beating myself up that a random stranger knew what my baby needed more than I did. Oh yeah, it's still a bit annoying though, isn't it? Having someone comment. Well, you've got yeah. a newborn, you just think, oh, be quiet. Take your confidence away, doesn't it? It does, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you assume you've got it covered, but actually they haven't fed very well for some reason and the signs are right. Picking up on these signs is useful for both of you, isn't it, though? If yeah. your baby's reaching the point of crying, he may be too upset to latch on properly or settle down for a feed. Yeah, it can take even longer. <laughs> yeah, so your baby's too young for a feeding routine. Feeding on demand, whether he's breastfed or bottle-fed, will help to soothe and reassure your baby that he's well looked after. And if you're breastfeeding, this will also help to match your milk supply to your baby's needs. So any advice on how to make this fourth trimester as easy for your baby as possible, Lucy? Understanding the environment your baby's lived in for nine months can be a really useful tool in just helping to soothe and support him through his fourth trimester. It also may help you to understand why they're being so fussy or crying a lot, just knowing that actually they're they're in a completely different environment to being inside your womb. Yeah, it's a great way of looking at it, actually. What do you expect this week? Okay, so the headline this week is to relax. You have hopefully stopped working, written your birth plan, packed your hospital bag, probably several times. And as long as that's all covered, then we have time for a little chat about massage in labour. If you love to be massaged, then it might be a good idea to gem up on this as something your partner can do for you when you're preparing to give birth. Or you may find that you hate to be touched during labour especially by your partner. So it might be the worst suggestion that they could possibly make. Yeah, this is very true. Yeah, your partner needs to pick up on your cues and be brave. They will almost certainly be shouted at at least once if, well, it's anything like my labour. But that just goes with the territory when a woman's pushing out a melon that they're partially responsible for, I think. (laughs) Yes. But massage, if you're up for the idea, it stimulates your body to release endorphins, which are natural pain-killing, mood-lifting chemicals producing the brain. Endorphins are responsible for the high that you feel after exercise or after a good bout of laughter. So bear with us on this one. Yeah, in labour, massage brings you close to the person who's caring for you. Or it can do. Yeah. (laughs) Touch can make you feel better while you're coping with contractions and perhaps tired or even frightened. There are certain positions for labour that can help to make massage easier. So, for example, leaning forward on a birth ball or sitting in a chair turned back to front. They'll make it easier for your birth partner to put steady pressure on your lower back or rub your shoulders. Yeah, so massage can ease pain and reduce anxiety in the first stage of labour. It may help you to cope with your contractions by making them feel less intense and more manageable. And it's a good distraction, really, isn't it? Yeah, very good distraction. Making your um, partner feel like they actually can do something as well. Right, exactly. <laughs> Using oil makes it easier as well and more pleasant for you. Just make sure you use one that's safe in pregnancy. So let's have a rundown of massage areas, starting with... Oh, shoulder massage. That's a good one, especially if you're on your birth ball leaning forward. So during labour, keep your shoulders relaxed as that's going to help you breathe rhythmically. Regular breathing maximises the oxygen available to both you and your babies. So that's a good one. Yeah, and your birth partner should place their hands on your shoulders and lean lightly on them. This will help you to drop your shoulders because they might have become hunched through the stress. So next, they can stroke down from your shoulders to your elbows, maintaining a rhythmic action and applying firm pressure. Tell them whether the massage is helping you. You know, you just got to keep communicating between the two of you as to what's pleasant and what isn't. Yeah, that's a good point, Claire. They can also try resting their hands on top of your shoulders and using their thumbs to massage in small, firm circles. So behind your shoulder blade, that's quite an easy one for them to do, isn't it? You can sort of explain how you'd like that. It might be too hard or not hard enough. Like, Yeah, it's a good point. Tell them if they're pressing too hard or not hard enough, or even if they're doing it too quickly. Oh, no one likes a frantic massage, do they? (laughs) No, they do not. (laughs) You want to slow the breathing down, not speed it up. Definitely. 
So next up is back massage. Many women feel the contractions strongly in their lower back. So lower back massage may really help. In early labour, your partner can use the flat of their hand to stroke down the side of your spine from shoulder to bottom if you're getting some lower back pain. That's a good one. And they can use the other hand to stroke down the other side of your spine. So kind of maintaining a rhythmic movement with one hand constantly in contact with you, if that makes sense. Yeah. So they're long, slow strokes and uh, they can be really soothing. And the other little tip is to make sure that they're using the whole of the hand and not just the heel of the hand. Their fingers need to be in contact with your body uh, as they're trying to respond to the tensions they're finding there. Yeah, when you get to advanced labour, your birth partner might want to use the heel of their hand to kind of press firmly over the base of your spine. They're probably going to need to apply quite a lot of pressure for that one to counteract the strong contraction. So gently leaning in with their body weight is one way to conserve their energy. Yeah, which might not be a big priority for you. No, you might not care about their energy levels. (laughs) Another area is foot massage. Oh, yeah. Even if you don't like having your feet touched normally, you might enjoy a firm um, foot massage in labour. This massage does need to be firm, though, because otherwise you're going to just feel really tickled. Oh, yeah, I don't know that. Yeah, you may find your feet become very cold in labour as well. So foot massage is a nice way to warm them up. As long as your partner's hands are warm, obviously. Well, yeah. Also, mentioning hands, hand massage is a good one because if you've had an epidural and you're lying on your back being monitored, you're not actually going to be able to have access to your shoulders or back. And if you've had an epidural, you're not even going to feel your feet. So there's no point oh, yeah. in having a foot massage. How so does ha- this feel like? Oh, I can't feel it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Lovely, yeah. Yeah, carry on. <laughs> but hand massage can be soothing if you're in, laying on your back. Yeah, it sounds really nice. I mean, if you just get your partner to simply stroke each hand in turn, first on the back and then on the palm, sweeping firmly down from your wrist to your fingertips, Then they can also make small circles over your palm and gently pull each finger in turn to release the tension. That's a really lovely way of being close to each other and making your labour special if possible. (laughs) Um, You and your birth partner can practice these massage techniques at home. There's more information and links in the show notes. It's probably a good idea to find out the ones that you like and don't like. Yeah, that's great. Okay, that rounds things up for another week. As always, please remember that the podcast don't replace medical advice and you should always speak to your own doctor or midwife if you have any concerns. We hope you stay well, stay healthy and we'll see you next time for week 40 or skip to newborn week one if you have your baby. And good luck. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening to The Parent Pod. If you'd like more expert advice and information, chat to others at your stage of pregnancy or get emails tailored to you and your baby download the baby center app now or visit babycenter.co.uk you can also follow us on instagram twitter and facebook just search for baby center uk all the info we cover in each episode is linked in our show notes if you loved our podcast and found it useful please rate and review the parent pod wherever you listen to your podcasts and don't forget to share it with your partner and friends